cool. We the people can agree on one thing. This country is awesome. Whether you're right side or left side, it's time to put it all aside and remember how amazing this country is. So sit back, pop a cold one, and grab those pork rinds. It's time for Made in America. With your host, the angry Texan himself, Gregory Parrott. Hello, welcome back, everybody. Man, it's been a while. A lot's happened since the last episode. Months. Yeah. Have let's uh <laughs> let's catch up on all that. Let's see. Um bought a house. Uh, uh worked to death. Mm-hmm. Um wedding worked plans. To pay the ha- for the house. Yeah. Uh worked, wedding plans. Worked uh, to pay for the wedding plans. And um now um um fifty pounds lighter. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a few comedy things. You've been super busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. We're back, man. We're, yeah. it, it, I mean, God, let's get the fall going. Summer just, I mean, <laughs> I think summer sucked this it, year. It's a crisp 81 out today. It yeah. feels great. It's perfect. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Uh, I have my good buddy and my co-host and uh, the host of Crying in My Car, our <laughs> sister show. You had to look at the wall to decide. <laughs> I know. A podcast for <laughs> teachers. I just love looking at it, though. And I was just, I was telling him about uh, the whole, uh, by the way, we have another guest in the studio. Uh, one of my good buddies uh, that I've really gotten to know pretty good over the last year and a half, uh, um, Tim Conrad. Good to be Super here. cool dude. Um, and we'll get to what you do for a living here in just a minute, but let's just let everybody know how cool you are. You're just a local one of the nicest guys I've really ever met, to be Thank honest. You. Thank you. You're such a delight to be around. Be sure to talk a little closer to the mic so we can hear you, or so the, the listeners can hear yeah. you. Yep. They, they sound like he's like, hey, I'm just sitting over here on the couch just watching you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, man, you have been all over the place too, Devin. Mm-hmm. Traveling quite a bit, flying, doing my thing, uh, and uh, doing speaking engagements, Comedy, you name it. Just book something on the way here. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, yeah. And the best part is is that you've had a better view of, of what the country's going through as far as uh, our recovering from this pandemic that we're still going through, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's getting better. Yeah, it does. I mean, in the North, they're still battling it a little bit, but that was kind of... Um, Something that I foresaw, you know, because I was I flew up and was traveling through Michigan and Indiana and Illinois and Wisconsin did a run through there and they just didn't care about, you know, any sort of mass or nothing. It was it's non-existent to them because Florida was kind of going through it then. And I, I just, I, you know, I told my buddy, I told Miguel, I was like, dude. I said soon. I said that maybe not now. I said, but it's gonna it's gonna hit here too. It, it takes its time, and uh, you know now they're kind of getting the higher higher rate of uh, hospitalization. But you know, hopefully, uh, we don't have to deal with this thing much longer in the severity of it. I hope we don't get another wave. You know, it's nice to kind of be on the downside of it and not you know be as fearful. But yeah, and not see death 
all the time. That was right. probably the worst part is I didn't want to open my, my Facebook because I was like, oh, they died and they died and they died. And I was like, oh, no, you know, and you just wait for your time to come. You're like, when, when do I have to battle this? And, uh, you know, luckily, it, you know, you know, it didn't happen that way. But, you know, you just knock on wood that it doesn't keep coming back or a new variant or something. It's just, you know, all up in the air. Yeah, and luckily for us, we're not like guys that are like, I mean, we – we go to concerts, mm-hmm. but you and I personally, our, our thing through this whole pandemic has been golf. Yeah. We stay away from people for the most part. Yep. And that's one and, thing. And I, let me tell you, pandemic golf was amazing yeah. in the beginning because when it was uh, first, like we, I went during the height of the pandemic. I was like, what can I do? I got to get out. And I, I didn't want to, you know, you know, there's no, uh, no, uh, vaccine at the time, no nothing. And I was like, I got to, you know, stay safe. I said, and I called up my buddy Tom. I was like, let's go golfing. And he's like, you think it's open? I said, yeah, I think it's open. It's outdoors. And when you got there, you know, they would only schedule like one group to go out every like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. You couldn't touch the flag stick and everybody got their own cart. And, and it was just amazing. So it was the best golf you could have gotten because there was nobody bothering you. You had your own golf cart. You were the one touching only your stuff, you know, and it was, it was pretty cool, man. I, I, I will say that uh, pandemic golf was quite a, a good experience. That was yeah. the only good thing that came out of it. And, and, I mean, and you gotta admit, yeah, there's a lot of good TV. There's a lot of good documentaries. I mean, there's a lot of couch potatoes. I mean, one of my jokes I tell on stage is I did not catch the coronavirus. But I overate and I caught diabetes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but now, you know, I'm 50 pounds lighter. I cut out sugar. And that's and just because they cut off your left foot yeah, when you got right. diabetes. I know. I'm playing <laughs> on a peg leg now. No, right. no, no I, I still have my feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing. I went for my last doctor checkup. The first thing she wanted to look at was my feet. And I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, this is what happens now when you're type 2. We need to start looking at your feet. And I was, she goes, oh, they look good. And I was like. Really? And I was like, she goes, yeah, you could probably use a pedicure. But other than that, I was like, <laughs> it may be a cheese grater on the stuff on the side here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just so much fun. Uh, all the golf that we've gone out. just. But Florida surprised me, though. This is what surprised me about Florida. I figured we would have kept getting worse. Mm-hmm. That this play, that, that Florida was going to continue to just go downhill. And all of a sudden, they were like, well, numbers are starting to look really good. Yeah. And I was like, Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay because uh, nothing's changed well i will say this man i you know going into Publix, there was when the fda did approve it uh the vaccine i did see a jump i was i mean there were times when i was in Publix and there was a line of people and they were you know your your uh guys in full camo and you know the guys that you knew were kind of resisting the the um the vaccine at first and, and then, you know, there was a little bit of a change of heart. And I did see, you know, people online. I, I mean, it was kind of, unfortunately, like clockwork. You know, people that I knew that got really sick, they were like, yeah, I just was against the vaccine. And they were posting about it. And then the people that did get it and that had the vaccine, a lot of them, friends that I know anyways, I know it's different stories for everybody, but friends that I know, you know, were like, yeah, uh, you know, it really wasn't that bad. You know, thankfully I had the vaccine. And I think that it kind of changed a little bit of the dynamic. I mean, you can't discount the fact that it did. I mean, people say good, bad things about vaccines and stuff like that but you know the numbers went down i mean hopefully they continue to stay down and it might also be herd immunity you know a lot of people did get it so hopefully they're immune you know for a few months and we can kind of keep everybody you know away from each other long enough after that that we don't reignite it 
I know. And I just couldn't believe, like, I was, I went into Publix as well. And I just, I remember seeing a line. I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, the Publix subs aren't that great. I mean, they're good. <laughs> and I thought that was what it was originally. My mom just got the booster. And she said there was a line for the booster. They had vaccines. old people. They had vaccines. Because uh, I took a trip to Texas and uh, for a wedding. And I remember being in the airport, DFW and Orlando. And they had stations set up for people to get vaccines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. Like, people are straight up getting vaccinated and just getting on the plane. I was like, uh, my second vaccine for Moderna didn't go so well. I mean, I had a little reaction. Yeah, my mom, the booster knocked her out. Yeah. The, the first two didn't. The booster, she felt, you know, she had 102 fever. and it, But, again, it was just like they say, you know, you have a reaction, 24 hours. It was 24 hours of, I feel sick, I feel sick, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, and it was, like, perfectly fine. It was just... I don't know, like they say, the immune system kicking in, going, yeah, let's get rid of whatever that is, and all right, we're good. Yeah, I uh, I threw up and crap for three days. It was the most... Well, that was just the fireball. Yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but as soon as I got done with it, I was like, whew. And I was like, to be honest, I would do that once a week if, as long as I could continue to breathe. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, let's get into our guest here, uh, Mr. Tim. And I'm, I'm sure in a lot of your travels, I mean... You've been to some interesting places, and uh, your view on the pandemic is probably, uh, I would hope, kind of close to what we have been going through when you see travelers and you're like, eh, okay, mask, I see it. But um, uh, tell the listeners what you do for a living, my friend. I am a United States Marshal. That's awesome. And no, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have cameras in here. He is not dressed up like Tommy Lee Jones. He's actually ju- he, the same as he dresses when he comes to, s- to the restaurant that I work at. He's uh, he's just laid back. He's blue jeans and a and a black t shirt. Mm-hmm. He actually looks like uh, he might also like dabble in some uh, some rock music in the evenings. You know, like maybe a bass player in a band or something. But uh, oh, uh, since the time I've gotten to know you, Tim, you have explained a lot of amazing stories. Like you, like you just recently came in to uh to to where i work and you had this gigantic black eye and i was like oh i was like i see your date went well (laughs) but uh so what happened with that it was um well that was the first question everybody was asking me what woman did that to you (laughs) and of course not but uh i was out one evening and uh, got a phone call from my boss which he is based out of pennsylvania and he said, how close are you to Orlando? We have a problem over there. So uh, without naming where I went in Orlando, but um, said I can be there in about 40 minutes with the red and blues going, which I did. And what they were doing, they were asking, the local police were asking for a U.S. Marshal presence for when they were taking two people down that were wanted. And I got there, got in with them, and long story short, we found the one guy. The other guy disappeared on us, and he came up to my right and blindsided me across my face with, we're guessing it was a two-by-four. <laughs> Dang. Woo! And <laughs> the fight was on. But needless to say, they both went to jail. Yeah. And I think if, I mean, I don't know how police tactics are, um, but... Something tells me if you hit another law enforcement member with a two-by-four, um, you're going to get tackled 
harder than usual. <laughs> is it a different? Um, do you know if it's a different uh, charge that because you're a U.S. Marshal? Yes, they. It, it is. It, yes, they got um, added on uh, insulting a. A federal marshal. Federal marshal. Yes. Yeah, so that's a federal crime now. Yes. Yeah, you're yes. looking, oh, man. Yeah, and, and they were Bad already idea. in enough trouble as it was. I mean, the one gentleman, he was as nice as could be when we walked up to him, but the other one disappeared trying to, and it, we lost him. He could have walked away, and we would mm-hmm. have found him that night possibly. Mm-hmm. But, no, he had to uh, make it worse. Now, yeah. do you do the – are you on the planes too, or do you uh, just no, I, do – I don't do any of the air marshal mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm asked to fly somewhere, I will, which I don't do a lot of that anymore. When I did it full-time, I was uh, – they could tell me to be at the airport as quick as possible. I'm going to another country. Mm-hmm. But – these days, I just do local things. Now, do do we have U.S. Marshals on every flight, or is it just some flights that randomly select? I mean, like, how do they do that? What I am told is it's randomly selected at this mm-hmm. point. Um, at one point, yes, they were on every flight, no matter where it was going. Um, but mm-hmm. it has laxed off some because the security in the Airports, airports have, have yeah, improved a very, very mm-hmm. good bit. So, yeah. Good. I know awesome. during the pandemic, though, there's been uh, a, an increase in unruly passengers. And they even, on the American Airlines flight, they gave a video, you know, like the back of the plane, uh, the back of the um, um, seat in front of you has monitors now. And they gave this big video. And it was like, also, uh, it gave don't this Don't be a lunatic. Thing. Yeah, it said, don't <laughs> be an unruly passenger. And they showed, like, a still picture of, like, this guy being held down on the mm-hmm. ground. Right. So I mean, and then they so showed you RKOing somebody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This well, is what can happen. Well, and what's nice about on flights is, I mean, you have so many people on there. More than likely, there's someone on there in law enforcement. I hate flying, though. I could not <laughs> imagine that job because you you already are in a tight confines. You're not flying. They don't first marshal first class. Yeah. Oh no. You know, yeah. You're, you're you're middle seat in the back by the lavatory for you know, like you said, maybe out of country. You know, might have. A 10-hour flight or more, you know, I flew to Australia. That was a, an 18-and-a-half-hour flight, and that was miserable, <laughs> and, miserable. And a lot of the flights, even the attendants do not know who you are. Mm-hmm. The captain and the co-captain do, but other than that, no one mm-hmm. knows who you are on that plane. Interesting. Oh, wow. So, the, so like, uh, I mean, I probably can't get into the logistics of the – but, but it's so – how would it be like? I guess they get their roster and they're like, "Okay, seat fifteen C is the guy we uh, buzz if we have a problem." Mm. It, basically, yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll know where you're seating and everything. That's super cool, though. <laughs> but you <laughs> you moved seats and they come back. <laughs> we need you. And it, what? <laughs> there's like a random. Yeah. There's this random like fifteen year old kid like. Me, <laughs> I don't know, sir. Yeah, yeah, they're they're recruiting younger and younger these days. But uh, or I'd be, the, I'm sorry, I'd be the captain to be like, uh, hey, uh, flight attendant, make sure the guy in 15C gets a free drink on us this evening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would be like, make sure he's comfortable, but don't let it be like, no, he's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Is he somebody important? Nah, he's my brother-in-law. He's good. <laughs> now I got to ask. So here, here's an interesting question for you. So. You know, with the uh, the federal laws versus the state laws, how are U.S. Marshals battling or choosing to battle uh, 
weed as it starts to become decriminalized in certain states. Because I know we still have the federal mandate that says it's it's illegal. Correct. You know? And so I was just wondering, is there guidance being handed down as to how you handle uh, marijuana bus? Because, you know, some states it's, you know, it's so weird as a, as a guy who flies all over the place. You know, I'll, I'll literally fly land and, I you know, I'm walking around and there's people just outside smoking joints. And I'm like... Oh yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I, I forgot which state I'm in, and then right. you go to another state, and you know, uh, and it's it's different. And I don't I don't smoke, but uh, you know, uh, I'll work with comedians, and sometimes they'll just bust out, and I'm like, I have to think for a second. I'm like, okay, Michigan is oh, all right, yeah, you're good. You know, we're not gonna have the authorities busting down the door, right. but you know, like in a state in Florida where you have medical you know, so much, it's so much more prevalent now because of the medical cards and stuff like that. But you kind of still have these federal guidelines that are handed to you. So I just want to know, like, how you handle that. We usually don't. Mm -hmm. Unless there is something major, Mm -hmm. we don't step in. And as long as local law enforcement does not ask us to step in, we cannot step in. Okay. So we, we basically let them take care of everything. Now, if it's something major mm-hmm. and we have to step in, we will. But we try to stay out of stuff like that. How, how much do you follow guidance from federal as opposed to, like, this particular assignment you said in Orlando, you said they right. were asking for you. Yes. How often is it them asking for you versus, you know, the marshal saying you have this to do on your own? You know, like, your your assignment is this. If they ask, we're there. Mm-hmm. Um. I might get called out once every two or three weeks for something like that. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, it's not a lot. When I was full-time, I was full-time, but now I'm not. But, I mean, we have guys that are out with local 24-7. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it can get busy. Yeah, I bet. Now, with uh, FBI, like, I, I know when I go to, uh, you know, the post office or whatever, you know, most wanted, you know. like. Right. Now, whenever any of those are like, hey, I think I might have spotted one of the most wanted. I mean, do you guys like all of a sudden go, you know, like go into alert mode? Like what? Bat signal. Yeah. (laughs) We do. And um, we, we, like I said, with local law enforcement, we count on them a lot as our eyes. And then we will step in when they ask us to and help them. But they are our eyes and ears on the ground until we find out for sure or close to for sure yes, this is the person we're looking for, then we will send people into the area and get the job done. So you work work pretty close with the, the Federal Bureau investigation? Yeah. Okay, so, because that's what my, because um, I always know, like, the branch of, of different law enforcement, you know, like, oh, you got your sheriff, you got your, your uh, city, um, you know, commissioner cop guy, and then you've got, um, in Texas, you had uh, Texas Rangers, and you had, you know, uh, the, Department of the, the State Troopers, they were kind of like kind of big up in there. Pretty much anybody with a cowboy hat in Texas was pretty much, you know, like the top dogs. And then you go into, I guess, U.S. Marshal, and I guess the next step up is FBI. Are you like right in, right? We're, we're right close together there. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of like the bridge between uh, state and federal. Correct. Kinda. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And we, and we don't want to step on anybody's toes. That's that's one thing we try to make sure we don't do because if we would step in, say, here in Polk County, we would step in and say, we're taking this and we're taking that. Now, 
when they actually need us, they're going to say, we're not going to call them. Let's see if we can take care of this ourselves. And bad things could happen. So we want to keep really good relations with the local law enforcement. How, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing it since 1991. Okay, so question, my question is, how has it changed in, in terms of, you know, I mean, uh, that's a, a long time to, I mean, almost, you're looking at almost 30 years, or at 30 years. So 30 years, you know, in, in U.S. Marshall, like, what do you guys see now versus, I mean, are there any big problems that we should be aware of or things that you're seeing just so much more prevalent that you're having to deal with? There, there's not a whole lot of difference other than, and I really hate to say this, but the criminals are just getting dumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got a segment uh, of that coming up. <laughs> I mean, we, uh, back in the early 90s, we had a, a group of people we were looking for, and they were all within the same area. Mm-hmm. So we sent, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, my boss might yell at me, but we sent out letters to their families there was about two dozen of them that they all want a free trip and they had to report to this address to get the paperwork to get it go on their free trip awesome 90 percent of them showed up mm-hmm. and we arrested them yeah that's, that's there's a sheriff somewhere out west that did something like that where people had warrants out for them and then they said they want a boat or something, and they all showed up, showed and they up. were like, ah, you didn't win a boat, but... Uh. I, but the funny thing is, I remember that, because there was one guy that got arrested, but they arrested him, and he was like, so, when I get out, do I have the boat? Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that would have been super like, cool. They are like, no, no, there's no boat. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, as your job comes, and the more I get to know you, because, like, if I had never met you, I could have assumed you could have even been a professional wrestler. Because you would come in, you know, maybe banged up, a little sore, black eye, this, that, and the other. You have an occupational hazard. Yes. And uh, explain a little bit if that, if, if you feel comfortable. What part it. of it is, yeah, what part of it is physical? Like, is it, is it mostly physical stuff, or is it kind of 20% of the time? It's probably, now it's probably 20% of the time. When I was doing it full time, it was probably 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Because I was on the front line with the guys, um, breaching homes, breaching wherever, uh, mm-hmm. going in full riot gear, taking people down. Mm-hmm. I do not do that as much anymore. Just like going over there to Orlando the other night. I was there to observe and got in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like I told my boss, Frank, I said, I wasn't supposed to be doing this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you, you know what you signed up for. I said, I know, and that's why I was right there and didn't back down and... So, but yeah, for me now, it's probably only 20%, but yeah, it used to be a lot, but some of it's boring too. I mean, one weekend we were looking for someone and I sat in my truck all weekend long in Tampa mm-hmm. for, for 48 hours and never saw the guy where he was supposed to be and came home empty handed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so it's not all crazy stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure. Cause I mean, even... And that's something funny, you know, it's like you always he- see the movies or the, 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 the media version that, that they'll tell you, but they don't tell you they're like, oh, you know, they, they, they monitor this guy for weeks and they don't tell you during those weeks, like how much you couldn't stay awake, you know, or how much coffee you drank or like, hey, I put, I put Red Bull out of business at one store, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, 
Are there a lot of tactics that the public doesn't know about? Like, because you always see these, like, person of interest shows and things like that where they've got just such advanced facial recognition. And you don't have to obviously detail what it is, but, I mean, is there, like, a level? uh, I mean, basically what I'm saying is, like, how safe are we? Is is it, you know, are it, let's say somebody murdered somebody around here and you guys were looking for him, you know, it, you just see like all these things that they can do. And, it, but then also you think maybe it's just a guy sitting outside in a truck and you're like, I'm relying on that guy. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, how much is it of cool technology that we can actually utilize to find these guys as opposed to knocking on doors? Hey, have you seen this man? You know, uh, th- that's what I'm kind of trying to get at. It's a call- combination of both mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i wouldn't be afraid to walk down the street out here at night right um yeah things happen things happen in your own home mm-hmm. but yeah we have a lot of things that people don't know about mm-hmm. and frankly it's better that a lot of people don't know of about course it because I, it would I, just I agree freak them i don't out. i don't yeah. even want to yeah. know about it <laughs> yeah. but I, but we don't use it as a spying like I'm not going to come spy on you just because I want to spy on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, it, it's stuff that, yeah, a lot of facial recognition. By the great, and Greg, that fix stuff. that sprinkler, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cutting in on our audio. And, and don't, don't be walking out back with no shirt on anymore. Right. Yeah, we yeah. don't like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, I always suck it in when I go out to the mailbox anyways. Now. You never know. Yeah. You never know who's watching. Now, you've... Uh, Mentioning that your occupational has you've you've had a lot of injuries too. Yes. Like, uh, tell us about a few of those. <laughs> um, I've taken a ice pick to the back of the head. Mm. Um, I have my left palm sliced with a knife. Of course, just lo- late. Uh, excuse me. Just lately, I had the black eye and the cuts down my arm. And way back when, about 25 years ago, I was shot in the chest. Oh, wow. Mm. And that's when my oldest son is 25 years old. And that's when I was shot. And I said, I need to slow down. Oh, yeah. Well, I I didn't go part-time then. I was still full-time, but I did slow down. And then over the last about 10 years is when I went part-time. Man, I'm like looking at a making for a movie here, you know, like this dude just, get on the ground, get on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then like later, like. Yeah, I'm there for my son. I'm just part-time now. And, like, mm-hmm. you're still doing it, and you're, like, going out. And like I told you at work one night, I was like, dude, if I could pick the character to to to, to play you, it'd be Bruce Willis. <laughs> I mean, straight up. Like, that's the only one that could play it, you know. Of course, Hollywood would dazzle it up, and oh, yes. you would probably look like a recovering alcoholic. But, you know. <laughs> but, man, I couldn't imagine an ice pick to the back of the skull. I would... Um, do any of the criminals, like, send chills up your back, the things that you see or do or, like, talk to them? Because, you know, we, I see, like, a lot of crime documentaries and stuff like that. And some people you meet and you're just like, this is an evil person. Like, you just get really weird, bad vibes from people. And right. it's like, man, you know, I even wonder, too, like, sometimes, you know, if you ever captured a serial killer, if you just sort of, like, it's just an odd thing, you know, to, I would think it's just different than a guy who, you know, uh, just did, you know, a big drug kingpin or something like that, as opposed to somebody that, you know, is like just evil. Well, most, most of the people are just like you and me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, every once in a while you'll run into one that when you look at them and talk to them, 
you can see in their eyes that they have no conscience whatsoever. So, yeah, it, you, you know just, criminology. Yeah, it just gives you, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, man, I'm glad he's not out there anymore because he would have just kept going. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, here's a really cool thing is I, I'm real, like Devin said, we, we would do all these comedy road trips and we would listen to crime documentaries, the, you know, the first 48 or whatever. And there's times where we were pulling up to like where we were staying. Like, ah, we got five more minutes left. and <laughs> We're not even checking into the hotel because we want to hear the rest of this. And as far as like people that were wanted, where were you the day that Whitey Bulger was found? I guess it was in Arizona or something. And I, I kind of thought about that the other night. I was like, man, I wonder if Tim was just like hanging out and all of a sudden he got a thing from his boss. What? Really? Wow, what a great day. And, you know, what was that like? I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it's, I mean, we, we were all the agencies were involved. And I wasn't because I was nowhere near. But, um, I mean, it was just, it's, it's like a big weight's taken off of you. It's like, okay, now all my guys are safe. Yeah. Everybody in, around is safe. Everybody that, you know, all these problems are safe now. You yeah. Know? And it's just, it's a big relief. It's a big relief. So. Now, has there ever been like a, a, a somebody that was wanted for a long time? I'm sure them guys that you went to go get in Orlando, they were, you know, uh, they were wanted for something for a long time. But yes. somebody that you have ca- you've actually caught that like, holy crap, man, me and my team got this guy. You know, this guy's been wanted for a while, you know, and we finally got him. Uh, um, Basically, we're trying to ask if you arrested Casey Anthony. Did you yeah. arrest her? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that would have been great, but no. Um, no, they're not really. I mean, and a lot of times, once we would get going, I would step back and let my other guys take take front, and so I wasn't involved in a lot of it. But, no, there was not really anybody in particular that I can say that I was right there when it happened. Other, the guys in Orlando, I mean, but they weren't big guys. They, yeah. they were they were wanted, but nobody famous. Wow. What so, percentage of your job is paperwork and court appearances? Um, a lot of my stuff is cut and how, however you say it, uh, Cut and dry. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a lot of court appearances. My boss takes care of that. Okay. I do have paperwork. I matter of fact, just three weeks ago, I had to be at the Pentagon, so I drove up, mm-hmm. went, to, went to see my, my family up in Pennsylvania and stopped at the Pentagon. I had to be there for a couple hours doing paperwork and uh, some other stuff. But um, mostly my, my big boss up in Pennsylvania takes care of all that and... If I need to go somewhere, they'll send me, you know, for for court. But usually, we don't have to. Mm-hmm. What? What? How did? How do you? How did you get hired? Was it just like a Indeed posting? It, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another long story too. But I'll make it short. Um, I was in South Florida. Mm-hmm. Was not in law enforcement. Matter of fact, I was on the other side, mm-hmm. and got in trouble. And thank goodness, my dad and my boss. Well, my boss's old boss, which has passed away, um, him and my dad were best friends, and he was a U.S. Marshal. Mm-hmm. And he came to prison <laughs> where I was and said, look, I can offer you a deal. 
And I said, well, tell, tell me about this. I said, the only thing I won't do is give up my friends. I said, mm -hmm. I, I'm a loyal person. He said, I know you are. He said, I know your dad. He said, no, we just need you to find people. And, and, then, and then he was like, by the way, you're going to do 20 years in prison. You're like, Dan <laughs> is down the street. And <laughs> uh, uh, Scott, he's at work right now. But uh, you're going to want to catch Scott. <laughs> you know? and, and that's how I got into it. I mean, and... and yeah, I mean, I was lucky. I was very, mm -hmm. very lucky, and mm -hmm. most people aren't. Yeah, that's well, it's it's a blessing. It's and that's a lot of the old school. That's old school right there. Because my yes. uncle, he he got in a lot of trouble whenever he was eighteen, and the judge looked at him and said, "All right, you can join the Marines and go over there and fight Nazis and stuff and and Japanese, or you can go to prison and." Right. I think he was on a bus like later that afternoon <laughs> and he served in the merchant Marines. And, and when he got out, he got in the oil business and, you know, he made a fortune and, right. you know, and it's, it's, you look at stuff like that and you're like, man, you know, second chances. That's a lot of things that this country is good about is giving second chances. I, I have a, a waitress who uh, had grand theft auto and had, he knows. And yeah. And she <laughs> had, uh, she had been to, to prison for a year and she's one of my best employees. She's the most best mom to her kid. Mm -hmm. Lives a very clean life. Lives a really good just, I mean, she's just a good person. She's a, a productive member of society now. And that's what second chances are really all about. And I'm glad to hear that, you know, is that that's your, somebody, I forgot somebody said, yeah, yeah, Tim used to be a badass. But I didn't know that you were really a badass. Yep, yep, yep. And I know who you're talking about, and I have to tell this story. She didn't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't know I was in the parking lot the one night, and it was late. Just got off, they all got off work and stuff, and I saw her. I said, I'm going to play a game here. I came around the corner with all the red and blues flashing. Oh, she just, she about went across the parking lot as fast <laughs> as she could go. It was, it was great. And I, I jumped out, I said, well, stop, it's just me, it's just me. And then she smacked me in the arm. Yeah. Do, you ever, do you ever find the need to, like, because I just, I would, I would let the power go to me. Like if, if I was a, a U.S. Marshal and like all of a sudden like a, a guy cut me off, I'd be like, lights, <laughs> you know, like do you ever see things that like see things that are out of your really jurisdiction, but you're like, I have to flex, you know, I, or I have to like tell this guy, hey, I mean, it's not necessarily arresting a guy, but it's like, hey, you know, let's, let's uh, you know, not break the law. <laughs> I I. I do that every once in a while. I mm -hmm. do. In matter of fact, just here in Winter Haven, I was coming around Lake Howard the other day. Well, this this been probably six eight months ago now. And this girl just coming up behind me, coming up behind me, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, out around me, almost hit the car coming towards me. So I flipped mm -hmm. the red and blues on, pulled her over, and uh, went up to her. Said. What's your issue? I had mm -hmm. my badge on and everything. Flipped it out. I usually keep it under my shirt. And um, she said, I'm just trying to get to work real fast. I said, well, that's not the way to get to work real fast. Well, just then, Winter Haven cop came past me, which they know me. Mm -hmm. EU turns, comes in behind me, gets out of his car, motions. Is it okay for him to come up to me? And I said, yeah, come on up. He came up to me. I met him about halfway. He looked at me and said, what did she do now? Oh wow! <laughs> right. Well, I've seen her walking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she apparently doesn't have the car anymore. So oh. he took over, did whatever he yeah. did, and I went on down. Matter of fact, I was coming to your restaurant. Oh, yeah, good, good. That's a. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, but yeah, every I mean, 
a lot of times I'll just let it go. Mm-hmm. But if something that was very un- that car coming the other way had to slam its brakes off and go off the road, not to hit her head on. Wow. Yeah. So basically, you'll jump in there if 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 it's safety dangerous. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, this dude didn't come to a complete stop at the stop sign. Eh, you yeah, know, but yeah. like the dude went through the stop sign, didn't stop, and almost hit children or something. Like, ah, I got right. I got to do. Anybody wouldn't want to do that, you know, citizen's arrest. Right. No no one can do those anymore, right? Mm. Citizen's arrest. I mean, There's a gray line there. I mean, you can. There is? Yeah, there's, there's a gray <laughs> line oh, I've there. Oh, I've got to open up my basement. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so amazing. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead. Man, I would love to have you back on the show, man, just because there's, there's tons of people out there. And, like, and I guess I better get to the, the, uh, the question. Like, the U.S. Marshals have been in the news lately. Yes. I'm a big fan of the U.S. Marshals just because they go after fugitives. Now, mainly your fugitives are federal fugitives, or they just, hey, this dude didn't show up to court one day, or this dude broke out of jail. Most of them are federal fugitives unless the local cannot find someone. And they're really, they did everything they could to find this person, and they can't. Then they ask us to help. Does it feel good? To like bust like white collar, do you ever, do you ever like walk in and show me the CEO, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like put him on the, you know, and everybody's like, we had no idea, Dan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, like it's got to feel pretty good it, to like it does, it like puts you up another, yeah, level. you feel, but, but sometimes you feel like crap too. You're you're after this guy, and now you know that he's got a wife and two mm-hmm. kids, and you've got to put yeah. him in jail, and it's like if he would have only. Just stayed straight, stayed exactly, the course. Exactly, man. This would have been so it's much It's like better. that one lawyer guy that faked his death and, and is, you know, uh, you remember the guy that, it was like South Carolina or something. The guy faked his death and his, his ex-wife died mysteriously. But, you know, you look at it and you're like, this guy was a, a, a prominent lawyer in the area. Like, there's no way he was struggling financially. He just got into drugs. He got into greed and more money and a higher, you know, lifestyle. And, you know, you just sit there and you go if you if you just if you just calm down you'd have a nice life you yeah. know yeah and that's a say I, I i really became a fan uh of the movie you know u.s marshals and right. and, and fugitive but i really really appreciate them when i was living in north texas in dallas before i moved to bridge city texas right before i moved to florida but i was living in north texas and that was around the time that the texas seven Mm-hmm. You remember them? Oh, yes. And, Devin, I don't know if you remember the Texas 7. They broke out of Huntsville, uh, Texas. I mean, they were it was really well orchestrated. Talk about dumb criminals. These guys were a little smarter than some of the dumber ones. The dumb thing that they did was stay together. Yep. That was the dumbest thing they did. And people still talk about it. But I remember they killed Aubrey Hawkins. He was just a police officer that was like, hey, what's this van parked over here? And they went, I mean, they blew this dude away i watched the whole court thing everything and uh and they had the they, that's all they kept talking about is u.s marshals are on this case u.s marshals are doing this and every law enforcement's looking for these guys you know you were in uh the u.s marshals at that time you know how how did you uh, you know react to you know how bad this was these these guys were y'all's number one thing y'all were oh, looking for at the oh, time yeah yeah they, i mean they had they were pulling pulling people from everywhere just to try to apprehend them. And it was just, 
we ran into dead end after dead end after dead end. And then it was just, I mean, it was like, finally. Mm. And like I said before about a weight lifted off you. I mean, you, you could just, you, you could look at your people that you're working with, your crew and everyone, and just the the despair on our faces because we can't do anything. And the next day, after they were caught, it was just like a whole different, we were all different. I mean, mm. we were all different. Wow. Do you ever have a, um, do you ever, uh, do y'all have celebrations? I mean, in your uh, thing, like we caught them. Okay. And you, like in the movie, you know, they, oh, let's go down to the local bar. This is, <laughs> this is Johnny's bar that we always go to. And y'all do your little drinks and toasts and, my my guys, well, we'll get together every once in a while and reminisce and, and do all that stuff. And, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, like I said, since I'm part-time, we don't do it as much as I used to do it because those guys are, they'll call me and say, hey, we're doing this. Come on over. And sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But, um, yeah, yeah, we have a good time <laughs> do you do you have any you said you have a lot of dumb criminals do you oh. have any like super smart ones that just toy with you you know like the riddler like, yeah <laughs> no, they're, they're just they're just like hey how's it going again oh you're here for a murder charge huh well, i don't know anything about it uh, you know and i was i uh, got an alibi and you know these people that just play these games because right. like do you have you ever watched ozark Yes. So I love Ozark, but I also am like, you know, this guy's doing so much illegal stuff. And he just keeps, you know, finagling his way and getting around it all. Do you have these guys that just play the system where you just sit there and you're like, you know, next time, Gadget? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are guys out there that do that. Mm. And um, some of the worst ones are women. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I mean... Oh, I couldn't believe it. Oh, man. They <laughs> My can, ex-wife. They can manipulate and do things, and it's like, we know that she is doing this, but why can't we figure it out? Right. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Mm. But, again, eventually, they do something stupid. Yep. Ugh. Always a slip somehow. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to have you back. I love hearing these stories, man. Like <laughs> Now, my, my last question, I guess, would be, uh, how involved were you in 9-11? I know you were you were probably working, and, and this, this happened. I mean, you do have to go to the Pentagon. Is that where your main office is, is, is the Pentagon? or My main office is in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Okay. But where we have to do all our paperwork and stuff is at the Pentagon. Oh. 9-11, I was in the Twin Tower with the restaurant. I can't remember if it's the North or South Tower anymore. Um, I was in that restaurant the day before. Oh, wow. In the very top of the Twin Towers. And um, I had just got back to Pennsylvania that next morning. And I had a restaurant in Pennsylvania at the same time. And I walked into my restaurant. And just as I was walking into my restaurant that morning, my phone was blowing up. And I looked up on the TV and saw what was going on. Holy crap. And uh, basically, I told Frank, I said, uh, Frank's my boss. I told him, whatever you need, you just let me know. He said, well, right now, just everything's at a standstill. He said, and whatever goes on, goes on. And I said, well, just let me know. I'll go anywhere, wherever you need me. And luckily, I didn't have to go anywhere. I, I was at home with mm-hmm. my wife at the time and my two kids. They were they were just wee little. And so. Yeah. And wow, it's just. Whew. I'm sure that you guys were all like just, I mean, was it the focus at that point? Like, all right, 
We don't have to go after Johnny Carrillo this week. We're gonna we're looking for terrorists. I right. mean, was it kind of like hey, let's like when he said put everything you know on hold? Like well, it, it was, but and the thing is, we know all the terrorists died in all the planes. So now the, the question is, who are we looking for? Where do we go to look at who they were working for? Mm-hmm. And that was the big thing. That's when all the agencies started getting their crap together, right? All right. Well, speaking of um, dumb criminals, uh, let's go into idiots in the news. Okay, sounds good. Maybe. Idiots in the news is brought to you by drugs. Because if you do drugs, you'll be an idiot in the news. Get in here. I'm an idiot. Y'all want to buy some drugs? So, my first story of an idiot in the news has to go back to our nice, um, fun pandemic that we've just got through. Um, Australia, you were in Australia, but you you weren't there for pandemic Australia. No, just got out just before the <laughs> pandemic started. You were there just like I, right I, after burning too. Yeah, see, I was in Australia and hanging out, and then I did a, a brief trip over to his town, Wuhan. Don't have you heard of it. And then I flew back to the United States and, uh, you know, just traveled all over, just uh, spreading joy. They, uh, they oh. had a, <laughs> you didn't get the joke. <laughs> yeah, there. I did. It's spreading joy. Great job. Uh, no, the uh, the reason I say this is because they had a very strict quarantine over there. Yeah, like, you very. flew in, you had to stay two weeks in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go to our 39-year-old idiot from America that went over there to visit and decided to um, escape his hotel quarantine for two weeks. Uh, by putting bed sheets together to uh, escape. Wow. Yeah, and uh, when they found he him, he long stocking. Yeah, him. he did. He uh, he got caught because uh, they were like, "Hey, uh, what are you doing? Walking out? Uh, you're supposed to be in. There's a curfew." And he's like, "Oh, I'm just going to this bar. Hey, you don't really have an accent, and I don't hear. I, I you know, I don't hear an accent. And you don't seem like you're new. You should be in quarantine." Oh, no, I'm good, I'm good. And that's about the time they looked up and saw the bed sheets hanging down. He was on his way back. Wow. I guess he was just going to go in through the lobby, but they just, uh, I think that's you. So he had to do a little time in jail and pay a fine. And mm-hmm. they were, luckily they slapped him on the wrist and didn't make him do a lot of time. They just made him stay the rest of his quarantine in, mm-hmm. in jail. Yeah, they were real strict about it. As soon as you're done, you can go out and enjoy your vacation now. So, have you ever had to catch some or go after somebody that like, oh, he went out the window? <laughs> you know, like, how do you know? Like, well, there's a bunch of bed sheets tied here. <laughs> no, can't say I have. <laughs> uh, that would have been uh, that would have been a great story. We we've gone in an hour and a half just asking about that. <laughs> All right, so here we have our next uh, idiot in the news uh, comes out of uh, Missouri, wanted for possession of a controlled substance. Um, the guy ran from the cops, and he was hiding out in the woods close to his house. They never would have found him. He was uh, dressed almost in camo. The dogs weren't even picking him up. It was Did dead he hit sun. a U.S. Marshal with a two-by-four? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I want to uh, fig- uh, just for a second, think about how could he have been caught. They've walked around him. He's under a bush. They haven't found him yet. Huh? He sneeze or fart? He farted. Oh, yeah. And they immediately knew where he was. That's one of those where I've been like, I'm going to keep this one in. I'm going to keep this one in for a while because I don't even want him to smell it and try to find out who dealt it. Right. So, yeah, he was able to be caught very easily. And uh, 
Even explained it in the court. That was uh, pretty good. <laughs> and then the the Clay County Sheriff's Office uh, said we uh, we found him and they put up the poop emoji. That's pretty good. All right. <laughs> Our next one comes out of uh, the typo and the man's death uh, death certificate gives away his con. Okay, this is a Long Island criminal defendant tried faking his own death to avoid a jail sentence, but the phony death certificate his lawyer submitted had a glaring spelling error that made it a dead giveaway for fraud. Uh, Robert Berger of Huntington, New York, faces four years in prison if convicted of the scheme. So he, he basically what he did was he got a fake death certificate, forged it, gave it to his lawyer, and his lawyer handed it in for him. It doesn't say here. It says his lawyer is now being investigated too. Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> There's some things that are privileged. That's not helping them commit a crime is not. <laughs> now, have you have you had to go after lawyers? Like we were talking about the 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 white collar part of it. That's the part that gets me too. Like sometimes, yeah, you want to go after murders and stuff, but man, somebody that just steals money and ruins lives. Like I feel like I feel like I want to see them with a black eye. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there, there was a couple that. Uh, Got in trouble. I mean, matter of fact, New York. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably reading this story right now. He's like, I can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> All right. And uh, and this one, this is a really good, I, I love this story. Okay. A man is robbed of 16 bitcoins or, yeah, sues a young thieves' parents. That's a lot of money. Yeah. So he, he was digitally mugged for approximately $1 million worth of uh, bitcoin. Several years after working with investigators, he says he's confident and he's located the two men and they live in the United Kingdom. Uh, they used a, uh, a siphoning malware software. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. These kids, they, these were kids. They were 16 years old that did they were. this. So now the parents, or this dude, suing that dude's parents overseas. Mm. Dumb criminals. And the kids are, they don't have, I guess in England, they don't have like a really don't have like a juvenile justice system like we do i mean 14 you can be tried as an adult in this country i mean it just depends on what you do what you, you did know, what yeah. your what your competence is now my thing is i got robbed of uh somebody did some some uh phishing software of mine to me through regions bank and uh, stole a bunch of money from me and it took me like six months to get that money back and they finally uh, I just couldn't believe it. Have you you ever, did get the money back? Yeah, I finally got it back, thank God. And that happened to you too, didn't it? Uh, I, I had them hit me, but it didn't go through. They hit all my credit cards, tried to charge everything. Yeah. So that was that was definitely a skimming technique or something because they got everything. I mean, everything in my wallet that had an RFID chip, they got. Yeah, mm. that's crazy. So as far as dumb criminals, what is the dumbest criminal story that you can think of that you ever had to deal with in Pennsylvania I was sitting there with my partner and we were helping out the Lancaster Pennsylvania Police Department and we're just sitting there one night and it was about 2 33 o'clock in the morning here comes this little Chevy Chevette right down through town loud exhaust Right through all the red lights and everything. I look at him and I said, we got to stop him. And we pull out behind him, pull him over. Normally, I mean, it just came down through. We would have left him go. Just drive him normal. Opened the back of his trunk. 13 shopping bags 
of marijuana. Wow. Paper shopping bags full of marijuana. I mean, I mean, I mean 12 shopping bags, sorry. And, and I said to the guy, I said, uh, you know, why? He said, I just had to get it there. Like, you know, we would have left you go. <laughs> we, we wouldn't even looked at you. Oh, I was in a hurry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jeez. Well, I got one more segment. Let's go into back in the day. Back in the day. I hope I have this one right. We'll see. Yeah, we do. When there was G.I. Joe and Atari, Saturday morning cartoons and Sony Walkman. Cowabunga, dudes. Chillax. Time to take a trip down memory lane when blockbusters were big and MTV actually played music videos. It's time for Back in the Day. Well, since we are on the subject of uh, law enforcement and everything, back in the day, my favorite thing in the world growing up, action cop movies, Lethal Weapon, um, just all of them, you know, Die Hard, just everything, cops, bang, 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 you know, uh, cars racing, exploding, you know, cop chases, bad guys being busted. And then you start learning, ah, that's Hollywood, Mm -hmm. but... Then, the, then you'll say, well, you know, some of it's real, some of it's not. And uh, as far as you're concerned, Tim, uh, you've seen a lot of action. Uh, how much of Hollywood is made up? Because I know once one time I, I, was, I have a cousin that's a cop, and I said, man, you know, a dude, you know, and we're watching the movie, and he said, yeah, he goes, but the thing you don't see is that he has to account for every single one of those bullets, and we have to find all the shells, and then, you know, he just doesn't go into work the next day. So, uh, you know, how much of that is like, God, I had to fire my gun three times at this dude. And because, uh, I mean, Grady Judd, he straight up said, you know. We they, ran out of bullets. Yeah, we ran out of bullets. Like, mm-hmm. but did they find every one of those shells in that, that those woods is, you know, because I know that y'all, y'all are, y'all are very strict about those things. Right, right. Um, I mean, you have to look as hard as you can, obviously, but. As of what's made up and what's not on Hollywood, the plot, the story is real. But, yeah, they accentuate it. I mean, they, they make it way more crazier and way more faster and way more everything than what it really is. You've never had to land a helicopter on a Miami freeway? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> frankly, no. I'm disappointed you brought him in to interview us. But like t- like I said beginning two of my favorite movies uh with Tommy Lee Jones. You know, he he and Tommy Lee Jones has even credited himself is that he developed that character from a US marshal that he had met. And that is just cuz it's not like the original fugitive uh series that was on TV. Tommy Lee Jones, you know, he's a very very polished actor and when he researches a character, he researches that character. Uh do you know the uh, the marshal? Have you ever met the marshal? He based his uh, his character off of. No, I have not. Yeah, he's never named him. I didn't know if you might yeah. actually like. Oh yeah, that's old Bill Whitaker. He lives <laughs> in Spokane, Washington. Or I don't know. Just, no, I have not. You but, ever think that somebody just died or was, uh, you know, that that case was closed, and then you suddenly you know see them or or they come back into uh, the the view of the U.S. marshal. Like, has anybody, like, you know, like, speaking of the fugitive, where he jumps and, and everybody's like, yeah, he's dead. Right. You know, uh, do you ever have those where you're like, oh, man, he's he's, he's still alive. we got to go after this guy. Well, we do, but, I mean, 
even if we think someone's dead, we have to make one. I mean, as, as much as we can, a hundred percent sure before we stop. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, if we, oh yeah, we're just going to give up on this guy, and now something happens, it's us. Now, do you have that that personal case where you're 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 like, I'm about to retire, you know, but I haven't <laughs> find I haven't found that one guy, I, you know. I, I honestly have to say no. I have, no. no, I don't. No, yeah. I don't. Gotcha. It's like I just I trade them all equal. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm just gonna bust them. Mm-hmm. Like if if I get a chance, I'm gonna hit that guy with a two by four when he gets <laughs> out of jail. But you know, God, man, getting hit in the face with a two by four—that's a. Uh, I mean, who are you taking down? I haven't seen a uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan in the news lately. I mean, is that? I'm, I'm just asking. Is that you, him? <laughs> have you ever had anybody double cross? Like you know, in the movies, you always see that you know they're, they're like, "All right, Jim, cuff him," and he's like. Not today, Stan. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like Jim, man. We go back twenty years. <laughs> you know, like you ever have those guys that like they were they were in on it or they got you know uh, kind of corrupted by the system. Unfortunately, we've had in our own group mm-hmm. had a couple agents. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I can't go into detail about that, but, but the money yes. got to them. Yes, Dang, yeah. man. I'm sorry, but like if I was looking at a stack of money, it'd be hard. Dude, that's it. A guy. I've got, a, I've got. I've got a wedding. I've got all kinds of stuff coming up. I'm like, yeah. I mean, there's a guy tough. that uh, we, that we used to work with, and uh, he was a nice guy. I'm not going to mention names because I don't know if he's still around, but you know, he was a, a cook that I used to work with at Carabas, and he he was like, he used to always say, you know, I can't wait to go back to Mexico, and we were like, what? You want to go back to Mexico? He said, Yeah, my brother just got a job as a police officer, and he can get me in, and I was like. Yeah, but, you know, you could become a cop here. He's like, oh, I'd make way more money there. And I was like, they make good pay? He's like, well, you know, they they take good pay. You know, they get the bribes and stuff. He exactly. says his brother was making a fortune off of kickbacks. And he's, he said it's just a way of life there, corruption, you know, to get the kickback and the money. And, uh, you know, it's just a different different uh, mentality they have sometimes. Wow, that's just, that's really just, well, oh, now, have you ever seen explosions? <laughs> yeah, I've seen explosions. Yeah. Oh, wow. Explosions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. That, that, well, so, yeah, so uh, the, the movies, the plot and the explosions part, that's the part. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> See, yeah. it was worth bringing me up. It, yeah. it happens. It happens. Yeah. I guess we, you know, the only question left is you ever have a passenger that you have to open the plane and kick them out? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you ever, you ever uh, taken unruly passengers off? Oh yes. Yeah, 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 I bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, like I said, I'm not on the planes, but mm-hmm. I, I have friends that do that. And yeah. Yes. Um, I can't imagine. About it. Yeah. Now, but, is the air marshal and the U.S. marshal they're the same branch? Correct. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, if they offered you like free flights somewhere, like, hey, we're gonna put you up in a hotel in uh, Hawaii, well, we just need you to ride on the plane there and back, I, I might do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, once, yeah. and then once it'd twice. be like, I'm done. Yeah, like. <laughs> but but the problem is you get there, and then, okay, 45 minutes, you have to be on this plane going somewhere else. Right. Oh, yeah. wow. So it's like an all-day thing. Yeah. You're, you're you're putting in flight attendant hours. Right. Oh, now, crazy. do you get traveler's miles? <laughs> do, uh, it would be nice. Do, would they be don't nice. give you the miles? <laughs> uh, be, you could be a silver medallion member in about a day. That'd be great. Now, I heard you mention that you had to go overseas right. uh, before, like, What's that like, busting it? I mean, this, obviously, local law enforcement overseas has probably captured somebody. and Right. Or so do y'all just coordinate with them, like, hey, we're going to come over there and take this slime ball off your hands? Well, we were with a group that um, 
like during Desert Storm and such. Uh, my my easiest way to explain this is, and people ask me, well, what did you do when you were overseas? And I say I was I joined the U.S. Marshals in the early '90s, but I was doing some other things for them before that. Mm-hmm. And one thing was I was overseas, and it, when you when you see them on TV and you see these black SUVs going, and then everybody else, we were the people in the black SUVs going to investigate this or do that or, or a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Like when, uh, if we have a friendly fire problem, mm-hmm. we would have to take care of things like that. Or Frank Abagnale is printing counterfeit checks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. you gotta, yeah. <laughs> gotta go get him. And what's wild is if my ex-wife ever hears this, she thought I was working for Frank, just working double and triple shifts. She had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be like, Really? That's what you were doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, was, I, was, I mean, you were doing stuff for our... I mean, that's just as good as doing stuff for our country. I mean, you were doing stuff for our country. You were you're taking slime off this planet, you know, and that's uh, that's commendable. And I really, I, I really thank you for coming in today, too, man. You're a super interesting guy. And I know that the U.S. Marshals have been in the news lately, and, you know, and... Uh, I, one of them was quoted, you know, telling a girl to take a melatonin and go back to bed. And I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking, I'm like, the dude was probably in the heat of the moment. They're close to catching this guy. Like, ladies, just take a melatonin and go back to bed. We got to get this guy. And then forgot to go back up there. Hey, ma'am, I'm sorry about all that. I mean, if you want, if you just knew what we were getting, you know, but she's the cancel cultures out there. They're trying to, you know, really go after you guys. And right. this is one of those where, you know, you know, yeah, I hope everything works out and everybody's. But, you know, for all those listening, U.S. Marshals uh, are out there to help us. They are out here to to get crime, criminals, and everything settled, get everything straight. Mm-hmm. Correct. You know, and the fact that they want to work with other agencies is commendable. And thank you so much for being on the show, man. You're a super cool guy. and. And uh, your first uh, your first rounds on me next time I see you at the, at the restaurant. Well, I appreciate it, and and, and uh, I enjoyed this very much. But I do want to give a shout out to one good friend, if that's okay. Yes, sir. He used to be the sheriff in. Now my mind just went blank in Louisiana, Stephen Seagal. Oh wow! Stephen was one of the first people I dealt with when I was picking up fugitives. Oh my gosh! Yes, and uh, I. I Keep in touch with him every once in a great while. We talk back and forth, but uh, haven't seen him in forever. But just and just in case he's listening, he's he's off. Uh, people are hijacking U boats. He's got to get out there. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, I definitely. <laughs> His real job was the sheriff, and then he went into acting. And right. when he was in acting, he still was sheriff. Oh wow! So he was he was the skinny cigar that ran like a lady for you. He said, "Dude couldn't run." I'm gonna be honest with you. He, would, gonna, he def- would still destroy you right now. Well, I definitely want to bring you back on the show. I'd love to hear more about Steven Seagal because uh, I've got more uh, uh, '80s and '90s nostalgia coming up. But but thank you so much, Tim Conrad and uh, Devin. You got some uh, shows coming up pretty soon. Just DevinComedy.com for all, all right. the upcoming tour dates. And uh, just check me out online, uh, the Angry Texan. And guys, we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. If you had a good time, give us a hell yeah. Woo! Hell yeah. Email us at AmericanMadePodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> 
You can also find The Angry Texan on Facebook at The Angry Texan Comedian, Twitter at The Real Angry Texan, YouTube at The Angry Texan, Instagram at The Real Angry Texan. 